All right, welcome on in to the AI Podcast Special Edition. Um, Austin Coates live in Kansas City, Missouri, like I always do. And I've got Isaiah. Oh, wait. No, I don't. I do not have Isaiah Sanders live in Nashville, Tennessee, because he doesn't like soccer. So with that being said, it's time to welcome onto the show dear friend of mine, dear brother of mine, soccer savant himself, and actually happens to be Isaiah Sanders' younger brother, Josiah Sanders. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Austin. Thanks for having me on this week. For sure. For sure. So for everyone who's listening, you know, the World Cup is coming around at an interesting time. Uh, It's in, you know, (laughs) the beginning of winter. Um and instead of June. And so I figured, you know what, got the podcast up. I got some people I know that want to hear some soccer takes. And so I'm going to be bringing you episodes every week during the world cup from start to finish. So probably about four or five episodes. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, it's nice to get away from, uh, your brother. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. He doesn't want to talk anything but football sometimes, you know, there's, there's other things in the world, but, yeah, you two have spent about 50 weeks together now. Uh, it's been a year. It's been a year, mm-hmm. that's for sure. And we're going to go ahead and get into it here. So uh, World Cup starts uh, as as it sits. We're recording on November the 8th. We got about 12 days until the World Cup starts. And I'm telling you, it can't get here soon enough. The anticipation for this thing has been building and building and building for, I mean, really, Josiah, when you think about it, it started building from the moment that the U.S. men's national team got their butts kicked against Trinidad and Tobago <laughs> to get them yes. eliminated from contention to go to the 2018 World Cup. I mean, an unprecedented event in U.S. soccer, and um, it really caused the Soccer Federation to burn it all to the ground and to start over and start with the young guys. So... With that being said, we're looking at the possible roster here. Um, obviously, you've got your, you know, your standard names that you're going to see on this team. You got Pulisic, you know, you've got Weston McKinney. Hopefully, he's healthy. You've got Gio Reyna, Dest, Dest Serginio Dest. Yes, these guys are all playing in Europe at a high level. I'm curious if you have one, maybe two people that you're looking at. Uh, that can make a real impact for this team um, as they get ready for this for this challenge in the World Cup. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with Serginio Dest. There's just no question. I mean, although he's no longer playing at Barcelona, when you when you get to play at Barcelona, you get to play underneath one of the greatest teams in Europe. You get to play in big games like the El Clasico and show up in the El Clasico. I mean, you're you're prepared for competition. I think Dest has a great chance to show, show some leadership here. I mean, he's only 22 years old, but when you're playing at a level like that, you're just prepared in a different way compared to your other teammates. For sure. And, yeah, I would have to agree. I mean, you look up and down across this U.S. lineup and you see all these kids playing in Europe. Dest is now with AC Milan. Of course, he spent some time with Barcelona. He played for Ajax. Josh Sargent has played in Germany and now plays with uh, Norwich City, Pulisic. Obviously, the list goes on and on. And that's something I think that we just didn't see 
I mean, look back at the at the last time the men made the World Cup in 2014. You had mm. who? You had Clint Dempsey. You had Landon Donovan. They had both played in Europe. Um, you had Tim Howard, and then you had a whole bunch of mm-hmm. MLS guys. Really, I mean, which at that time the MLS is nowhere near what it was or what it is today. I think. I think the MLS has come a long way. Don't you agree? No, definitely. It's a lot more competitive. And, I mean, you're right. It was just a couple of European guys. And then you had Graham Zussi. And, of course, with their uh, performance, and you had, uh, what, Jonathan Brooks, uh, some of their performances got them linked to Europe, but that sadly never went through for a lot of those players. Uh, but we did have a good showing in 2014. But, of course, getting knocked out in this previous World Cup by a country who has less citizens than the state of Missouri was uh, oh <laughs> pretty disappointing. I will never forget after watching that game, Taylor Twellman went on an all time rant uh, on ESPN uh, asking the folks, What are we doing? <laughs> I mean, yeah. very valid. And, and I'll give him credit. They went through a coach. Now they got Burr Halter. We'll see how he does with this mm-hmm. roster. Um, but one other guy I wanted to talk about, and we were talking about this before mm-hmm. we started recording goalkeeper Matt Turner. Um, mm-hmm. Widely regarded as probably one of the best uh, goalkeepers in the MLS when he was with New England. He signs to Arsenal on a transfer deal, and he has not made a single appearance for Arsenal uh, since he now, arrived but that's in a, August. That's in the Premier League, though. Oh, in, those... in the Premier League. He's, actually, he's starting for them in the UEFA Europa League. Okay, um, so he has legitimately seen yeah. some action then. I was under the yes. impression, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, Wikipedia is not right about everything, and that is uh, that is definitely the case. So four matches played yep. in the Europa yes. League. And, and he's only conceded one goal on that time. He's kept three clean sheets. I mean, you have to say that's solid. Um, definitely for someone coming over from the MLS, which... Uh, give it credit for what it's become, but it just is not the class that Europe is, um, and certainly Definitely. not certainly not England. Um, but yeah, I would I would have really liked to see Matt Turner maybe go out on a loan to whether it's a smaller Premier League team or like mm-hmm. a Championship level club where he can play every day and not be behind yeah. someone, um, because the level of talent that he's going to be seeing. Uh, just in the group stage alone, I mean, he's going to see Bale, he's going to see Harry Kane, he's going to see all those cats on England. <laughs> um, that's something you want to be prepared for, I think. Definitely. I mean, it's it's encouraging at least that he's kept those three clean sheets, clean sheets in the past month, especially against the top team from the Netherlands, uh, PSV. So. I feel I feel I got some confidence in him. That's that's how Ter Stegen started with Barcelona. He was just playing uh, for them in the Champions League. Now, granted, this is just the Europa League; it's not Champions League, but still, getting to be the starting keeper for the number one team in the Premier League for their Europa League competition—that's that's got me excited about him. Yeah, and you know what? I'm not an Arsenal fan, but Arsenal look really good this year. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna they, lie; they're, they're showing it to City and Liverpool somehow. Yeah, they're looking really good. Um, now about this group stage for the United States, they have the toughest group by FIFA world ranking, um, out of all the groups, you got England is third in the world. United States is 13th 
Wales is 19th, and Iran is 22nd, believe it or not. I mean, they're the best team in the Middle East and one of the best teams in that Asia region. Um, and I do believe they're even ranked higher than South Korea, which, uh, yeah, higher than Korea, higher than Japan. Um, so they are not to be taken lightly. But I'm curious to get your thoughts here about this group. What do you think the realistic expectation is? I mean, obviously, it's the World Cup. Everyone thinks they have a chance. Um, yeah. But realistically speaking, does this U.S. team have a chance to win this group or at least get second and move on to the round of 16? I'm going to put us at second. I, I'd like to be bold enough for first, but I, I don't know if our boys are that bold themselves. Uh, I, I feel like we got a strong sense at second place and making it out of the group. We've done it before. We you know, had a mishap in this previous World Cup not getting there, but I, I think we've made it out before. We can do it again because we even did it with what I would say is arguably a worse team than we had in 2014. Yeah, I mean, 2014, we were much older. Oh, um, yeah. I meant to say a 2014 was the worst team, yeah. Yeah, 2014, much older, um, much less talented, in my opinion. This new crop of players is uh, the best in U.S. men's national team history, in my opinion. Um, But, yeah, I agree. I think second is probably the realistic expectation. But I'll tell you what, they better come out in that opening match against Wales and they they better get points. I don't care if you tie... I don't care if, if you win. I mean, obviously, I want you to win. But if they drop points there, then you're going to face England on Black Friday. Yeah. And that's not a game that I'm so sure that they can walk away with points in. I think a tie would be a best-case scenario. England is just... I say this every year. I see them in the Euros. Every year I see them in the World Cup. Top to bottom, one of the best rosters that there is in the world. I mean, Mm. in this case, probably second to a a Brazil, in my opinion. Mm. And uh, for whatever reason, they just can't get the job done. (laughs) I don't know. And that's, that's what gives me hope is how uh, shaky they are, that they struggle to finish. And so that gives us a hope because England can beat any team in the world on any given day, but they can also lose to any team. That you know, true. They, could, they could 3-0 France, but they could also get 6-1. <laughs> yeah. You just, yeah. you never know what them. I mean, yeah, we saw it in the 2016 Euros. A lot of the same players, they got beat by Iceland in the knockout stage. Yeah. Yes, I, yes. I mean, Iceland was, you know, they were on fire, but still, we're talking about England, man. The expectation is every single year you're going to win a trophy. And it just hasn't happened for, you know, this crop of English players. But I will say that does, you know, like you, like you said, this leaves the door open for the United States. And what a sweet victory that would be for U.S. fans. Mm. I mean, yes. we already have the Revolutionary War and the War of 1812 <laughs> in our back pocket. But beating England in the World Cup would be all time. I mean, we Unless did just one more. Yeah, we drew them back in 2010 um, in South Africa. You would have been a wee lad at the time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been pretty young. <laughs> yeah, but I, I remember I didn't watch the game, but I remember the results. Um, mm. But yeah, and then you got the, the final game, which 
I think all three games are going to have equal importance in this case, um, especially if you go win and then you lose. So you're at three points and you're playing Iran for mm. essentially a chance to move on to the next round. And uh, th- that, that game right there is going to kind of remind me of, again, the 2010 World Cup. Uh, the U.S. needed to beat Algeria in order to advance. And uh, Landon Donovan scored probably the most famous goal of all time in U.S. men's national team history. And mm. uh, that's the kind of game I think we're probably going to be in store for that final match day of the group kind stage. Win it or lose it, that's what you're thinking? Yep, I think it's probably going to come down to you win and you move on. Because um, I really do see... England possibly running the table on this group and going three and zero. Well, I I feel I feel like that's most likely. I do have a feeling though if we beat Wales in that first game because I mean looking at Wales squad like they have I mean Wales gets so classically associated with just Bale but there's so much more than Bale. Looking at their yeah. lineup, it's like you have Bale with Los Angeles FC currently. You got Daniel James from Fulham. Uh, you also have Aaron Ramsey playing at Nice. Ethan Ampadu, Harry Wilson, they just have so many different players, lots of players in the different English leagues from the first division to the third division. Uh, the defense, you got Ben Davies from Tottenham Hotspur, Connor Roberts from Burnley, Chris Meppham from AFC Burnmouth. You got Danny Ward in goal from Leicester City, uh, Hennessy from Nottingham Forest. It's like Wales' squad here, looking at it now, is more intimidating than I thought. And so if we can come out strong and beat a team which is predominantly like first through third division English soccer, I think we could honestly go on to have the courage to beat England after that, have the courage to beat Iran. Uh, if we come out hot against Wales, I think we could come out, come out on top of the group. You know, and that's, that's, really, that's, that's going to set the tempo for us, I think. Yeah, that's some good insight there because uh, momentum in – Soccer and form, as they like to call it, is uh, is everything. And uh, I'm looking at this Iranian roster, and I'm telling you what, I don't recognize a single cat <laughs> on this roster. No. But somehow they are 22nd in the world. Um, yeah. And I, <sighs> that kind of makes me a little nervous. You know, this they didn't get here by mistake. Um, mm. So. Again, really looking forward to this World Cup. And there's a couple other, you know, things I wanted to talk about here while I got you uh, pertaining to the World Cup. So wanted to get your thoughts on Group C, which is yeah. Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland. Um, yes. A pretty loaded group by all accounts, you got two great goal scorers in this group. You, of course, you got Leo Messi, and then you got Robert Lewandowski, who is just a, a machine. Um, Mexico, though, is kind of a dark horse. You know you know how Guillermo Ochoa gets every four years at the oh, World man. Cup. It's like, <laughs> that man can turn it on. You, you might mistake him for Kaylor Davos on the wrong day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so... Argentina, by and large, is a favorite of this World Cup, so I look for them to move on. But I was wondering who you see possibly grabbing that second spot. I'm going to have to go with Poland, just because of Lewandowski's form. It's like you can ne- you can never count him out. I mean, I know Mexico can be scary, but I think Lewandowski can pull it through. Now, to be honest, 
as much as I'd love USA to win the World Cup, don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. I am hoping and begging that Lionel Messi can take it home this year. I remember being heartbroken back in 2014, of course, with that Gertzer goal, and then afterwards Messi's making a breakdown line and Schweinsteiger, what I think, gave him a red card from behind, and that ends the game. But I'm really hoping Messi can pull through here. But yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Argentina and Poland for that group. Yeah, yeah. And if if I had to pick a winner that I would want to see, you know, this is kind of like this is kind of like you know when Peyton Manning was with the Broncos in his final year, <laughs> you just wanted the guy to win a championship, and uh, you knew he was gonna retire. And I mean, this is the final World Cup for Leo Messi. Um, and for Ronaldo and for Ronaldo, but you know what? Messi, I, I would love to see Messi win this world yeah. cup. Um, and he, he's an outstanding form right now too, which, you know, his first season at PSG, like you, you didn't have much going on from that unbelievable yeah. trio, Messi and Mbappe Neymar. But this season you got Messi's got 12 games that he's played seven goals and 10 assists in those 12 games, 17 goals, well, 17 goals and assists total. So I think he's coming into it with good form. Yeah. Yeah. And how wild would it be if somehow Brazil and Argentina ended up playing in the knockout stage, whether it's in uh, oh, in the semifinals or in the finals itself? I think that would probably be our best case scenario for a World Cup because I don't know about you, but I watched, I believe it was... Uh, whatever the South American like group Copa America. Uh, yeah, it was Copa America when Messi won. I think it was against uh, Brazil then where they were playing. Um, yes, they, uh, they uh, beat Brazil in the final. Yeah, that, I don't know what it is about South American football, but it is wild and it is mm. very aggressive. And, yeah. uh, the fans really make it too. I mean, it's really aggressive. So that'll be interesting to see if those two squads. Yeah, they got, they got a lot being. of pace and a lot of strength on those teams. Yeah, definitely. And then the 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 final thing that I that I wanted to get to here, well, really, really two things. One, Canada is playing in their first World Cup, and I don't know how long, right? <laughs> and I think that this. Canadian soccer team is really a dark horse. I don't think they're going to win, but I think they're mm. going to surprise some people. They've really, they've really come alive in CONCACAF uh, qualifying, and I can't recall if they actually beat out the U.S. for that top spot, but I know they, they beat the U.S. once at least, and they're, mm. in, a, they're in a group with Belgium, Croatia and Morocco. So obviously Belgium and Croatia are the class of that group and that's going to be their biggest challenge to get out. But yeah, previous World Cup winners. Yeah, I mean I I think that Canada might be a dark horse to make it out of that group. And who who would suffer the fate of not making it out then? Belgium, Croatia? Oh man. I just think I just think Belgium is too good to not. I mean, yeah. The, Kevin De Bruyne's got another one in them. Yeah, Kevin De Bruyne is an absolute field general out there. <laughs> and he's 
arguably the best in the world right now as it comes to the midfield position. Yeah, and he just keeps getting better. They got Lukaku. They got Hazard. Both Hazards. You know, I don't know. I just, I just don't see them not making it out. But then again, you know, Croatia. You got an aging Luka Modric. You got a lot of other guys there too. Mandzukic, I believe, and uh, oh, there's another guy whose name escapes me, but. Yeah, about Perisic, Kovacic. Perisic, yeah, Ivan Perisic, Kovacic. It's going to be a dogfight, but I feel like Canada can steal points from one of those teams. Um, I can see that. You know, Morocco, they don't stand a chance. Those poor guys are just yeah. going to get waxed. Um, yeah, they're coming in to die. Yeah, but I think that Canada might be able to do something. And uh, if they get into the round of 16... You know, I feel like anything can happen. We saw Denmark, a team in the Euros, who are they're a fine team, but they made a run all the way to the semifinals. You know, mm-hmm. and so anything can happen if you're motivated. Of course, they're you know, they had a little extra motivation with the whole Christian Eriksen thing happening. Uh, yes, but still, nonetheless, that was to watch. yeah, nonetheless impressive. Um, yeah, and then the last thing here. So let's talk about Ronaldo. Ronaldo mm. in a group with Ghana, uh, which is one of the best teams in Africa, Uruguay, and Luis Suarez, and South Korea, who may be without Sun Win Min, uh, unfortunately, due to injury. I think mm. that really hurts their chances of doing anything. Um, but what do you think Ronaldo and Portugal can do in his final time around this World Cup? You know, with Ronaldo, he can he can take it all the way anytime he wants. I will say he's not living the life that Messi is living right now, being in great form. In the Premier League right now, he's got 10 played. He's only started in four games. He's got one goal right now this Premier League season. Gosh. Now, granted, last season Premier League, he did excellent. He had 18 goals, three assists, great year. I mean, Ronaldo, he can definitely make it out of the group stage. He can definitely, you know, he can make it to the finals if he wants. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you can yeah. never count out what him and Portugal can do. Uh, but I don't I don't see them going into the finals this year. I wouldn't say that. No, we, uh, albeit I guess it was, it was a year ago when they played Euro 2020. And yeah. uh, they looked out of sorts then. Um and I don't know that it's really gotten any better. Of course, they got Bruno Fernandez, um, yes. a couple other guys that can do some things. But and you were we were expecting that partnership between Bruno Fernandez and Ronaldo to be show stopping, but it, there wasn't anything going on there between the two of them. Yeah, and I think you know Father Time is undefeated, and uh, mm. I think we've seen a little bit of that with Ronaldo. Just just all the wear and tear on the body over. Yeah. Gosh. I mean, he's been pro since he was like 16 or 17. So Yeah, he's thir- 37 now. So Yeah, so 20 we're talking about 20 years of this. Um So I'm, I mean, I, I see him getting out of the group stage, but I could see him, you know, getting knocked out. Maybe not round to 16, but maybe the quarters. Yeah, I think they I think they they, you know, especially if Sun is not going to play for Korea. I think they stand yeah. a chance to win this group. Um, and yeah. then maybe maybe Uruguay will be able to take second. Although Suarez is, is kind of a shell of himself. And I don't, I'm don't. i not sure if Cavani is still playing for them or not. 
Um, and, and I guess the reason why I, I don't got much faith in Ronaldo and Portugal coming out of here, it's Ronaldo is not the team player that Messi is. You see the um, teammates of Messi always improve, always get better. With Ronaldo, I, I'd argue it's the opposite. I mean, I know they, they accomplished quite a bit in the Champions League, but you have not seen a Kareem Benzema like you have now since Ronaldo oh, left. And that is no mistake. No, no, no. no. <laughs> it's yeah. not like Benzema just hit the prime year of his life in football. <laughs> no, yeah, Benzema. You know? Benzema has been absolutely electric for both club and country <laughs> Yes, in the last two years. Um but yeah, I mean, so yeah, we're looking, I'm looking forward to this a lot and, uh, I can't wait. I'm going to get up at 4am every single freaking day and watch these games. I might regret that. You know, I think, I think the earliest one starts at 4am actually, but, uh, that's 2am for you over there on the West coast. I don't, you might <laughs> yeah, as well, you'll uh, wake up for him and I'll stay up for him. Yeah. I was about to say, you might as well just stay up for that. But anyway, it's on to the final play now. And uh, yeah, you know what? I don't really got a whole lot to say, but uh, it's great to talk some soccer here. You know, my my uh, regular co-host, he calls it... Uh, uh, Josiah, what does he call it? What does he call football? Foot, foot fairies. Yeah, it's for foot fairies, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. This is a world game. Let you not forget, Isaiah Sanders. I hope you listen to this podcast so you can hear me say that. This is a world <laughs> game. American football is great, but this is a true sporting event that captures the attention of the entire civilized world. Um, American football is great, but let's remember, all of America is going to be waking up on Black Friday to oh. watch USA play England. <laughs> That is get no your joke. Get your friends. Oh boy, and we got games on Thanksgiving. We got NFL football all day on Thanksgiving, and we got World Cup soccer. Talk about the ideal two TV setup that we're gonna see.